The Wrestling Perspective Podcast is now live. Petey Williams, Dennis Farrell, what's going on, Petey? How's she going, eh? Listen, I am amped up. I am like a kid in a candy store. We just got done interviewing Jeff Jarrett, which is a personal favorite of mine growing up in the Southern Wrestling Territories. He's your former boss. This, I'm, I'm like coming off this interview high right now. Yeah, I mean, we'll post that at the end. Uh, you know what we talked to Uncle Jeff about, uh, Jeff Jarrett. I call him Uncle Jeff. Um, but yeah, really great uh, talking to him again. Um, always enjoy talking to him and shooting breeze with them. Um, you know, one of my favorite bosses I ever had in my entire life. Uh, any job that I've ever ever had, one of my favorite bosses. We uh, we get some we get some decent dirt. I feel like this wasn't just a fluff interview. He gave us a little bit. Uh, Maybe you could call it rumor killer. It, you can keep it up to yourself uh, going forward. But I felt like this was a good interview. Well, or maybe, maybe he's doing the whole reverse psychology thing. Like, oh, he knows a lot of people listen to our podcast, so he'll throw that out there to throw them off. And uh, you'll, you'll see a little bit later on. Let's talk about a few things. Are you eating Tic Tacs? This is the beauty of live no, podcasting. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, don't even worry about that. Let's keep going. A hungry, hungry hippo. No. <laughs> All right, let's. I'm not even editing that out. That's that's awesome right there. Let's <laughs> listen. I was at uh, Raw here in Detroit this past week, and I got the witness firsthand: Braun Strowman burying, burying. I mean, just put the shovel in the ground, put the tombstone up. The tag team division on Raw, and I I don't mean this as a, from a comic standpoint, but to me. When you have, I don't care how big they are, and maybe this is me learning from you, and I'll explain it here in a second. I think they booked themselves into a corner here. Well, what what happened? Did he beat up all the the the, the tag team divisions? Yep. So what? By himself? Ha- yep. What happened was they had a tag team battle royal for the number one contenders at WrestleMania versus the Bar. Thank you for making me explain this to the fans who might have missed this. That that's the one thing I have to work on that you've told me. So. He comes out and basically throws everybody out. You know, there's a moment where they're like, should we let him in? Should we not? Braun's like, ring the bell. And all by himself, he basically throws the whole tag team division out. Now it's him by himself, and unless they add a partner, which even then I'm not sure if it would work, versus the bar at WrestleMania. You've built the bar up so big that there's quote-unquote not an opponent worthy enough to face at WrestleMania. You've built Braun up by surviving car accidents and flipping, what is it, trucks and just this monstrous acts of strength. Either way, at WrestleMania, someone's going to lose some momentum here in major, big time. If Petey, am I wrong? Um, Yes and no. So... Uh, there's two ways you could look at this. You could look at it as, yeah, maybe they booked themselves in the corner. They want it brought in a certain, you know, match. It didn't come to fruition. So now they're like, okay, what do we do with him? Oh, we'll have him kill the tag team division and, you know, uh, challenge the bar pretty much. Um, so that could have been the way they booked themselves in the corner, right? And then they're, they're trying to get a, they're trying to get out of it. And so I'm assuming that's their backup plan. But it's also booking 101. So. How do you usually uh, get a number one contender for a title? You build them up, right? Mm -hmm. So Braun Strowman's been built up more than anybody. And then right there, uh, eliminating everybody in the battle royal, 
I mean, that's the ultimate build that he can take on these guys by himself. That's the ultimate monster, all right? So let's say – so that, that's where you got him. You built him up, right? Oh, my God. He's going to win. Let's say the bar beats him. I'm Okay, so there's two way book list. Let's say the bar beats him if he's solo or him and his partner whatever. That elevates the bar really high. Can Braun lose some steam? Yeah, but they can also put him on Raw the next day and just destroy the bar and put them both in ambulances and flip them. Like that's what they can do, right, to get his momentum back. Or they can have Braun Strowman win with him by himself or his partner, right? And now he's the dominating force. So the next challengers that actually end up beating him or beating them, that's going to elevate them too. So, I mean, it's a way. There is people that are going to get elevated and minor steps back, but I don't think it's going to kill anybody's moment, like like completely kill, like, oh, this guy's going to be done after this feud. Nope. I think everybody's going to benefit from it. I disagree. You know, I'm – I'm looking at it right now in my mind, and I see Braun by himself, unfortunately, tag, you know, pinning one of the bar. Going forward, how how do you sell me that the bar is the premier tag division if they get pinned by one man, no matter how big he is? And on the flip side, how can you sell me that Braun is this monster beast when he has, you know, stood up and taken down so many crazy situations that he can't beat a tag team does that make sense yeah no it is true but i mean look at before they were a tag team i mean it kind of sucks because they both actually lost momentum being formed as a tag team because sheamus is a former world champion cesaro i mean not a former world champion but dude he's look at some of his old singles matches and stuff like that and he used to be a paul Heyman guy like they were really pushing him like those, these guys were two big stars and they put them together. And I feel like whenever you put like two big stars together, it kills both their momentum. It's like kind of like when they put like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose together. Yeah. Like that I felt killed both their singles pushes. You know, that, that's just what happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're right in a way, but you know, also, you know, I, I do feel like I'm, right in a way as well it depends how it's going to be interesting i mean it's going to be interesting what happens at wrestlemania and like what happens shortly after i'm excited to see it i'm not i think that could be one of the better matches on the card the whole whole wrestlemania is just shaping up the last several years it feels like it's just three on three triple match six man tag teams there's hardly ever one-on-one matches and it's it's kind of killing the excitement for me yeah, no, and I remember back when I was working, uh, we did a house show for TNA Impact Wrestling in Mexico, and um, it was myself versus AJ versus Eric Young, and at the time, me and AJ had two really good singles pushes going on. This is back when Eric Young was not in a big singles push, but they needed a spot for him on the show, and you know, we had the match. I don't even remember who won or how it turned out or whatever. But I remember Kurt Angle watching it and he says, you know, good match. He's like, I really wish it was a singles match between like yourself and AJ. He's like, there's just something much more special when it comes to a singles match, like two guys battling it out. You know, there's more drama and stuff like that. Just one on one. He says it feels kind of watered down when there's there's three people or multiple people in the match. And, you know, it's right. You know what I mean? Like. There, there's there's a truth to that and that's why i think you know part of it like the x division's been watered down a little bit because how many for the longest time how many multiple man match like x like i was just in one at bound for glory it was a six-man 
X Division title match, you know, and that was like the only X Division match on the whole card. Sometimes it's like, okay, but it, it, it does feel watered down. You're right, Dennis. I really hope things turn around for Eric Young and AJ Styles. I, you know, hopefully they'll catch on yeah. somewhere and, and, I, and make I, it I hope big. So. I wish them all the best. I wonder what they're doing now, but you know, I'll, I'll catch up with them later. And even Kurt Angle, I, you know, you've just mentioned three guys that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that are at the top of the industry. They don't have a podcast I, like us. No, no, they they do not. That's we 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 have one up on them. Yeah. By the way, to the fans, we want to say thank you very much. We have been killing it on the iTunes charts, and we couldn't do this without you. PD and I were a little nervous leaving Wrestling Inc. We weren't sure how many people would follow us, and it it feels like everybody has followed followed us. You've welcomed us into your you know iPhones and Stitcher and all that stuff with. Open arms, even the comments. You, the what? A few weeks ago, we read an email from a guy who was mad that we were spoiling Impact for him. Then we 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 manned up and said, "Hey, we didn't think about this. We were sorry." The guy leaves us a five star review. Did you see that picture I sent you? Yeah, I did. And you know what? But we, I mean, we're taking into account what everybody's saying. Like, you don't want spoilers, so I say spoiler alert, or we don't even talk about it. Um, Can yeah. We- can we say spoiler alert now, by the way? Happy anniversary, Petey. Happy anniversary for what? It Was it 10, 11 years ago that you've pulled down oh. the first briefcase? And then last night, Thursday night, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Impact yet, what'd you do? I was once again, 11 years later, I went up, Feaster fired match. I was the first one to retrieve a briefcase yet again. And, you know, just so everybody knows, all right, uh, you know, 11 years ago uh, when I pulled it down, then, you know, I had the briefcase for a while. There was, well, you know, all this stuff happened with it. Eventually, I cashed it in and got the X Division title. So um, right now I'm batting a 1,000, you know, in a Feaster Fired match and cashing it in. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully I could do the same thing, uh, you know, coming up. I won't spoil anything and how, you know, it, it, it turns out or anything, but hopefully it happens again. Has it uh, hit the internet yet, how it turned out? Uh, on the internet, it does say how I cash it in, but I we actually um, haven't uh, – this is spoiler alert. We haven't um, done it yet where I actually cashed it in. Okay. So You'll have yeah. to tell me off the air because now I'm very curious. Have you told me yet? You haven't told no, me. No, you, yeah, you, you already know everything. Okay, yes. The, the spoiler alert, spoiler alert, my, my – uh, cash in is at the next pay per view, which we haven't filmed yet, right? Because okay. it's in April. So oh, that's right. Let's okay. mo- let's move on and talk a little bit about this all in. We've not discussed it once. It's our fault. I'm slowly getting excited for this. The buildup has been amazing. And just uh, the other day, uh, Cody Cody Rhodes, however you want to address him, actually tweeted out that you know, telling by the hotel reservations they're going to come pretty close to hitting their mark just just by hotel reservations uh tickets will go on sale around may maybe earlier uh so all in chicago what do you think we called the chicago thing by the way yes uh we did call it we 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 were talking about certain cities and we narrowed it down and you know we said philly yeah you know good, good wrestling cities and stuff like that and you know i think you mentioned like the west coast la it's like no you know that's not really I said, I, and that's when we said, you know, Chicago. Chicago's going to be the city. Chicago's like the, 
the the biggest wrestling town if you look at the best draws in wwe and the best towns that they go to stuff like that chicago's number one um you know even when impact used to go to chicago it was it was great uh same with ring of honor chicago chicago is the wrestling capital i feel of um you know uh, of the united states i want to say let me ask- um, just great fans great atmosphere and stuff like that yeah let me ask you this, because there's been a lot of teasing, nothing confirmed. I don't even know if it's a real rumor about CM Punk showing up to this show. And if there, um, if there was one show that I could see him showing, he's not going to wrestle. I think he's I think he's okay with being done with wrestling. But if there's one show I could see him show up and maybe cut a promo, it would be this one. Um, Yeah, if, if there was one show, because this is like a one-time deal. Mm-hmm. This is a, a huge... It, huge thing that really hasn't been done before it's, it's a not a contract thing. base anything and you know he knows like they're the hottest thing pretty much in wrestling debatable but it definitely outside of wwe um you know the bullet club and stuff like that so and, but i don't know how close he is with any of these guys i i don't know but it's right in his his uh, backyard so from, from what i've read it, it could happen i would not be shocked if it happened but i also wouldn't be disappointed if it didn't happen from what I've read, he's very good friends with one of the uh, Jacksons. So that's that's just from what I've read. And this is a beautiful middle finger to the WWE. And I feel anything he could do to help that middle finger get a little stronger, he would do. My question about the CM Punk to you would be, using your Booker mind, do you surprise pop him up just in case? Or if you can get them to show up for five minutes, do you advertise the hell out of it? That depends on the pre-sales. All right. So that's how you do that. So let's say tickets go on sale May 1st for argument's sake. They said sometime in May. And the show September 1st. If they're sold out or there's pre-sales because they want to get 10000 if they're sold out before September, why announce anything on the card? Announce who's going to be there. Don't announce any matches or anything. Like you know, so you got to do it strategically. Like say if they're nowhere near the ten thousand, and they're getting close to the you know the, the show date, eh, then you might want to either announce some matches or maybe announce that CM Punk's going to make an appearance. And once you make that announcement, then the ticket sales will go up. So, so I, I would I, if I was the booker, I would see how the ticket sales go. You know, I would say your biggest sale is going to be. Um, the day that they go on sale. That'll be your, your biggest percentage wise for tickets sold because everybody's going to be waiting and want to get their tickets first. They don't know how, if they're going to sell it, sell it or not, or whatever the case may be. So, um, and then, you know, you kind of gauge to see what your ticket sales are from then on. So uh, it, it depends. I mean, it, it depends if they need it or not. If they don't need it sold out, do not advertise punk, have them show up um, as a surprise. That's how I would book it. What is your relationship with, you know, the Jacksons or any of those people? Uh, the Young Bucks? Yeah. yeah, I used to work with them over at the, we, um, well, I worked with them in TNA. I went back for uh, a little stint, I want to believe, when was it? In like December, January of whatever year. It was the first time they called me back. We did like a one night only type pay-per-view. I think I even had the blonde hair and stuff like that. I just figured like, oh, I'll come back different or whatever the case may be and uh um d brown was actually the talent relations director and he was one that called me and was like yeah here's the deal i'm like all right sure and you know we did a bunch of tapings and stuff like that uh not non like impact relate like non-television it was their one night only stuff 
and me and Sanjay actually wrestled the uh, the Young Bucks, and uh, it was great, man. We were just like, and we were joking around in the back, and we were starting to plan stuff, and then plan more stuff, and then adding stuff to the stuff we already <laughs> planned, and we were just like, ah, right, well, let's if we're gonna be doing that, then we might as well do this too, and we just went out there and tore it up, like it was awesome, and then. Um, yeah, and then I there was another company called uh, Family Wrestling Entertainment, I believe. FWE was in Brooklyn, New York. The guy used to bring in like everybody, and uh, they still talk about the six man we had to this day. It was me and the Bucks versus uh, Jay Lethal and uh, Kendrick and uh, Brian Kendrick and Paul London, and uh, you know that that was we had a great time there. Those guys are are, are awesome, and then you know we share pizza in their hotel room afterwards, and really down to earth guys. Um, what I like about them is they can like, they, they joke about how good they are. And I think it comes across, that's how at least I read it on Twitter when they joke about how good they are. Like, even though they are that good, there's truth behind it. They do mean it as a joke Mm -hmm. and that's how I take it. I don't, I don't think it comes across as cocky to anybody or arrogant because of the way they go about doing it. So, um, you know, and they, they, they tell me stories about like, you know, how they had, uh, he was like Booker T. I don't remember the story or anything like that. And then they told me a William Regal story. And how, man, I was just, they have me laughing and stuff. Really great guys, man. Would They're you, awesome. Would you be shocked if they called you for all in? Yeah, I'd be shocked because I, I mean, that's something that I wouldn't plan on doing at all. I mean, they could have a hundred people before me, all their boys. I mean, because right now they're in Ring of Honor. They, I haven't seen the guys since I quit wrestling, you know. Uh, three, three, four years ago or whatever it was. Um, I haven't seen him in a while. So, uh, and you know, you know, we used to do vines together. Actually, remember when vine was popular? Mm-hmm. Like, they they used to look up at to me at like for vines. Like, man, you're great at vine and stuff like that. They were actually here's one for you. This is a little bit of a knowledge. There's a vine out there where, um, I come around the corner, and I say Scotty, and then it, the camera's on Scotty, and he says F U Petey. And then it turns back to me and I'm like shaking my head like, yeah, you know, like I'm excited over that. That was seven second Vine. Uh, the Young Bucks actually filmed that for me. I needed a filmer. And with Vine, you know, you had to be really particular of how you film everything. People, there wasn't good, like, so we, if they would ask me to film their Vines, some of them, and then vice versa, because it was, it was like an artwork to it. So, um, yeah, no, but I mean, I would, I would be shocked if they called me. I mean, I don't even know if I would. September 1st. I mean, that's Labor Day weekend. Ah. <laughs> Who knows, right? You, you like where this line of questioning was going, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just I was just curious. I knew you had a relationship with them. You're still P.D. Williams, so I thought I'd throw that out there. Let's move on. What else do you have before we get to Jeff? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I, I think that's it. Unless you want to talk about the, uh, the, the women's battle Royal. Don't know. I mean, I don't have much to say about that. I just know there's a lot of backlash with that right now. Well, how would you, how would you fix this? Cause it's the, was it the fabulous moolah battle Royal? And she had a reputation uh, outside of wrestling. I'm not going to talk about it. You know, we have young listeners, but it was very salacious. <laughs> Is that a good word? Uh, yeah, well, I don't think our young listeners will know what salacious means. So, I mean, <laughs> if we're talking about young listeners, I don't, um, it, it was scandalous. I, mm, I, I don't know. Even just better. You know, yeah, from what I hear, and I've never met Mula, 
and this is all hearsay from just things we've heard from, you know, our uncle Jeff's and stuff like that. Not that uncle Jeff say anything, but, um, you know, people coming on down the line, uh, maybe books written or whatever that, you know, Mula wasn't a good person. Um, so why are you, uh, you know, naming this after her, you know, and it just goes to show like how many of these people imagine if there was Twitter or social media back in the day and all these, you know, things that are caught on film nowadays or audio and stuff like that. I feel like back in the day, like people like Mula were protected because nothing was recorded back then, you know, in privacy. I, I don't know the full extent of all the allegations, but one of the biggest one was killing people's career. That's happened through wrestling throughout the year. It's happening now in wrestling. Let's be honest with ourselves. When you get to the top, you have to protect your spot at the top, and you'll do anything to do that. I'm not going to mention any names. Everybody knows everybody in wrestling that does it. Even on the indie scene where bookers are booking themselves as champions to protect themselves. It it just happens. Yeah, I mean, but how do we fix this? Uh, I don't think they should change the name because then when you change the name, you know, you're almost like uh, admitting guilt and you don't want to do that. So you're giving in the um, fan pressure at that point. Yeah. And and that too, you know, you're letting the fans book the show. So you go on with it and then we'll see what the outcome is. Um, Maybe they just back off of like, you know, um, the, uh, (laughs) the female wrestlers saying like, Oh, I'm so, you know, proud to be in this and stuff like that. Maybe they just kind of let it be and kind of have the match take a back seat. And once again, I mean, it, now it's a battle royal. You had a fabulous Mula battle royal. It's like, and then now you're going to have an Andre the Giant, Giant battle royal. So this goes hand in hand with the things we talked about before that we got a little bit of backlash from. You know, the females are just doing what the males did again, trying to like replicate what is already going on. So this isn't. It's doing anything new? It would be good if, like, you know, they they came up with something new. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they could fix it and make the battle royal a little bit different. Maybe the last two people it ends in pinfall rather than over the top rope. I don't know. Something just a little bit different than the males. I would if I had to book this, and they were like, "Look, we're sticking with the name Fabulous Mula. You can't change it. What would you do to make this different?" I would put the number one contendership in a brief. I don't know if it's a briefcase, but something up there. Battle Royal, you know, introduce a ladder, winner climbs to the top and takes it. Kind of a Battle Royal ladder match. Just tweak it enough that it's just not the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, but with women. This is how you fix it. That's I'm going to tell you. Okay. No, 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 this is how you fix it. You get their next big star that they want to make as the number one contender. They win the Battle Royal. They get the trophy. What do they do with the trophy? Break it. They destroy the trophy. Big pop from the crowd. If it, it, you know, uh, it depends. Like if it's a smarter crowd and stuff like that. Like you know, the internet's gonna be like, yeah, they bash Mula's. Uh, you know, that's how you fix it. Oh, you know, I like that. And that that person, that person could be the the spokesperson, and because it could be in character, right? So if you say anything in character, it's fine. You don't get reprimanded for it, right? Like because it's your character. So in character, they could say, you know, I despise Mula. Mula's done nothing for the women's. They, they, you know. They don't go right to the problem, but they, they beat around the bush just knowing enough, like, I have no respect for Mula, like, you know, like, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the women's division now is so much better, all this kind of stuff. So that's how they get rid of it, and that's how you book it. That's that's what I would do. One last thing I want to touch upon before we move on to Jeff Jarrett. I can't call him Uncle Jeff. You can call him Uncle Jeff. I can call him WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, should I be calling him uh, WWE Hall of Famer Uncle Jeff? I, you, yeah, that would be right. I can't. I have not earned – that right, and there were a couple times during the interview. I'm like, "Can I drop an Uncle Jeff?" No, I'm not going to even try it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can unless you're in that X Division group where, you know, no. uh, yeah. So let's. You can refer to him as Uncle Jeff, like Scott Demore refers to him. Like he doesn't call him Uncle Jeff, but when he's talking to me, he's like, "Yeah, go see Uncle Jeff for that and that and that." Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this John Cena Undertaker thing. Remind me, it seems like it was a year. It may have been six months ago. It may have been a little bit longer. Wasn't John Cena giving Roman Reigns a rundown about how he beat a broken old man at WrestleMania? And then Monday night, John Cena's out there trying to get the Undertaker. You're not old. You're not broken. You're fine. Come on out and wrestle. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. so, So then you do that. And the one thing I hate, is when a wrestler comes out and says, I'm going to do the one thing they don't want me to do. I'm going to challenge Undertaker. Like, not one person in this arena does not believe that the WWE does not want you to challenge the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, once again, wrestling, everything's so for, forgotten pretty quickly. Like, I pretty much forgot until you just brought it up. That, you know, Cena was running down Roman Reigns about, like, you beat a broken old man, pretty yeah. much. That's what he called him. Um, I, for, I totally forgot about that. Why? Because, I mean, what was our, what is our focus on right now? John Cena calling out The Undertaker, right? And WrestleMania and stuff. So, you know, WWE does a really good job of making us look forward rather than in the past. Unless they want you specifically to look in the past. They'll have commentators say, or they'll show footage or something of a, a particular incident that happened in the past. It's almost like everything that's happened in the past doesn't even matter unless they want it to matter. I I heard that and I just kind of shook my head going, first, we all know that you're the biggest company guy here. You would not come out with a live mic on live TV and do something they don't want you to do. Oh, yeah, that's 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 totally scripted. I mean, they probably didn't script exactly how he's going to say it. Uh, you know, they probably didn't even script for him to actually say those words. Like, just uh, go out there. You're going to challenge the Undertaker. Put it however you want to put it. You know, they probably have some writers or whatever. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they give him the, the run of, like, hey, however you want to get your message across and get over, get over. Do it. Um, so if he feels like, you know, I can make it sound like a shoot. And that's the problem. Like, right now, I mean, this whole, like, oh, you know let's just shoot on the mic and stuff like that. It never comes across as genuine. Like when CM Punk did it that one time. And because, you know, everybody wants to do it now and they know it's scripted. You know, my feelings on the undertaker. And I'll say this real quick. Cause it feels like I say this every time he comes up, he's not doing anybody, any favors coming back for this WrestleMania. It's the novelty of seeing him come back. Doesn't work as it does in sports. When you see, your Wayne Gretzky come out, wave his hand, and you know get a trophy or be inducted into something, and then go away. The Undertaker still has to come out and perform, and I don't care if 
he can come out and perform at 40%. I don't want to see a 40% Undertaker. I don't want to see a 70% Undertaker. Just let me try to remember you the way you used to be. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. You know, and I'm starting to creep into that era. Like, you know, I'm getting older and I'm not the early 20s guy that I used to be in. You know, I know my wind isn't as good and it's like, you know, and that that's that's pro wrestling though. You look at Ric Flair, man. Ric Flair should have retired years before he retired. Like, cause I remember watching him going like, is, this, is he going to hurt himself? Like, you only usually say like actually legit hurt himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't say that until you reach a certain point. But at the same time, it's it's almost intriguing to watch. I remember watching the last couple of years. You're studying like, man, he looks older. You know, you're studying. You're going, oh man, like did that actually hurt him? Or like, you you actually feel like he actually might legit get hurt. So it brings a different type of dynamic. Uh, but I don't know if it's a dynamic I want to watch in pro wrestling. By the way, I do want to say this. I, I you know we're not doing a ton of guests, but we have a couple lined up into the future. Uh, okay, we don't really, but you're around Detroit and you kind of know a little bit about baseball, right? Mm -hmm. This was an awesome moment for me. There's a guy on my timeline that used to play with the Detroit Tigers, Dimitri Young. I don't know if you remember that name or not. Yep. Yeah. It was uh, probably uh, like he played for them in like 2004 ish or something like that. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you even said that date. Because I, I post out my, my wrestling podcast, and he starts, you know, liking and commenting. And I'm like, what the, the heck is Dimitri Young? So I messaged him. I said, do, do you like wrestling? He goes, go back and watch Survivor Series 2005. I go, all right. You know, maybe they pan into the crowd, and boom, there he is, and they move on, right? You know how they do? Oh, look, Dimitri. Because it was Survivor Series 2005 was in Detroit. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, whatever. I start watching, and this guy gets to cut a promo on Edge. I don't even remember that. I that, that's like a time where I didn't watch wrestling because I was so wrapped up in doing it. That was our, a lot of our travel time and impact. So I had no idea that happened. Go watch, yeah. So Edge comes out, cuts a promo about you know the the typical hill promo about how all the Detroit yep. teams suck. And then he yep. looks over and starts cutting a promo on Dimitri Young. And I, I'm going to bur- butcher this line. But he says something along the lines of, yeah, you're not doing steroids. You're doing hamburgers because he was that bigger guy. And I wow. laughed. Yeah, I laughed so hard. But, yeah, so I'm I'm working on getting Dimitri on the show to kind of talk about that because I think – you know, as many cool people as we had, I have I don't know if we would ever have anybody that we could say cut a promo on, you know, Edge. Um, you know, maybe except for like maybe Jeff Jarrett, but yeah, no, I I agree, especially a non wrestling, you know, person. I, I I love like you know when you talk to Dan so- uh, Soder and stuff like that that um they they do they have different professions whether mm-hmm. it be baseball, stand up comedy, another sport, movies, whatever. I like talking to them if they're wrestling fans because I like to see a fan's perspective, you know, and, and people be excited about it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I like that. I really do. So, yeah, I look forward to if we can have him on the show. Definitely. So let's – are you ready? Because I'm ready for I'm ready for Jeff. Uh, let's, let's do it. 
All right. Three, two, one. All right. So this is the part of the podcast, Dennis, we've been waiting for. Um, so I'll introduce him since, uh, you know, he was probably one of my favorite bosses I ever worked for. Um, just a little bit of recap. He's six-time TNA champ, four-time WCW champ, six-time IC champ. Um, and I didn't know this, but he had 77 total championships. And he's my uncle, <laughs> Uncle Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. How you doing, Jeff? Oh, what a – you know, I've done a lot of media over the last month or so, and, and I don't think – uh, that I've uh, actually been interviewed by my nephew. So, uh, little guy, <laughs> little Pete, little nephew, how we doing? <laughs> uh, good, good. So, uh, you know, before we get started so, and wait, stuff, wait, wait, I just want to say Pete, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. I appreciate that. And before we yeah, – I, I really do. I sincerely appreciate that. Uh, both you guys, I appreciate you having me on. But you know what? Let me just flip the tables real quick and let me do the uh, interviewing – so, so Petey, for for the newer listeners that don't know our relationship and how far back it goes, and and um, I appreciate your lying, kind words about uh, I was one of your favorites to work for, but uh, that's okay. I raised you better than that. But no, if you'll just sort of, if you'll sort of give uh, some people a little a little background on uh, where the Uncle Jeff came from, and and uh, I think that might be a little bit appropriate. Well, Dennis, do you even know where that came from? Was it from the airport? No, no, no. I don't know. I, I want to hear don't even remember that. No. <laughs> Come on, Pete. Spill it. Um, well, well, you know, I, I really don't know. Like, he, here's the thing. So Uncle Jeff, you know, started the X Division pretty much. So he gave us all young guys uh, a chance, you know, to actually shine in wrestling because stuff wasn't going on like that in WWE at the time. So, you know, we're all like younger guys, early 20s and stuff like that. And... I, I don't know how we came up with it or whatever, but all of a sudden, I think we were all talking, and it was kind of like uh, one of us said, like, Uncle Jeff. I don't know if it was me, if it was Sanjay, um, but then we just started calling him Uncle Jeff, and I've been calling him Uncle Jeff since uh, maybe for 14 years now, maybe 13 oh, or 14 years, and it's never stopped, it, it, even it, when I, I saw you in August. It didn't stop. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I, but, well, I was, I, well, I'm actually halfway joking with you, but halfway serious. So, so the people like, why in the heck does he call him Uncle Jeff? Uh, but, but I really think it was, um, if I remember correctly, it was you, is Alex Shelley, uh, Chris Saban, um, Sanjay, Jay Lethal. It was that, and you guys. Uh, I, there was some kind of reference going on, just with sort of exhibition. But I know, I think we were going over a five-way or a six-way match or something like that. And uh, I, I think I threw out some kind of idea. Maybe Petey, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't remember the particulars. I just remember, and 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 somebody referenced. He said, "Man, you're like the crazy uncle coming up with these ridiculous <laughs> ideas." And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm like, guys. I said, go out there and maximize your time. Show the world what you got, or something along those lines. And then it was like the next day at TV, um, I, it was one of you guys, and then then it's sort of stuck ever since with that with that with that little you know that core group of guys. There wasn't many of you guys, but to this day, Jay or or whoever will still reference that from time to time. Yeah, and I uh, and, and we still do. Like, and I'll, I'll tell you something just before we get on to like our our, our first question here. Um, when I came back in August, 
when Demora texted me and it was so funny because he said, you know, I think you would like management now. It's kind of the, the group that we used to have that you really like. It's like myself, Abyss, uh, Borash. Uh, and he even texted me, Uncle Jeff. So he knows, everybody knows that I call you <laughs> Uncle Jeff. Um, so yeah, that's that. But all right, Jeff, I, I want I want to start with a question. Uh, and it's pretty much reference to like uh, this Uncle Jeff stuff and, you know, the con- contributions you had to pro wrestling. So, you know, you look, you look at all the wrestlers that started in TNA, a uh, company that you created, and you look at like, where these wrestlers are now and all their accomplishments and stuff. Um, do you feel, okay. Do you feel that your contributions to the wrestling business are downplayed? Cause I, I kind of feel like, like that. Do, do you feel that way? And but Petey, not, not at all. But, and he, here's why I, I'm, I'm, as you well know, that my family's been in the business for years and years and years and years. And, and I always leave that up um, because it's so subjective. Uh, it, it really is, it, you know, uh, whether it's a wrestling fan, a wrestling journalist, a wrestling critic, a wrestler, whatever it may be, it, 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 it might make for good discussions uh, and good debates. And, and you know, uh, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of debates, whether, you know, going in the Hall of Fame, who's not in the Hall of Fame, that kind of stuff. But as far as contributions go, what I've always understood about this business is, you know, whether it's you or, or, or anybody that I just referenced earlier or AJ or Samoa Joe or, or you know, it, it doesn't matter. Any of those guys, the cream always rises to the top. If you've got talent, uh, you'll get to the top. Attitude keeps you there, but you, you definitely got to have the talent. So all of you guys, I was a, a small part of giving you guys a platform. And just like that story we referenced, you know, you, you guys all, you know, Time after time after time, the X Division not just stepped up to the plate, but stepped up to the plate and hit, hit it out of the park. Uh, and and it was it was really a good feeling to see how how things grew uh, back in that time frame that we're we're referencing right now. Uh, okay, I've got a question for you now. As well as we know, the wrestling world was shocked when they announced you going into the WWE Hall of Fame, which. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia on Southern Wrestling. I missed the Attitude Era because I was watching WCW Wrestling, so I couldn't be myself prouder to see you go in. But how was the first conversations about you going into the WWE? How did that go go over? Quick. Uh, my, 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 the, the first thing is it, it was on a Sunday morning, um, and I got a text, and it was from a WWE official, uh, and said, hey, can you chat real quick? Uh, and I'm like, sure. And, you know, the call was pretty direct. Hey, what's going on? And, and Karen was, uh, da- down in, in, in our bathroom and she was putting, uh, getting ready for church and, and the kids were getting dressed and it was like a normal Sunday morning around here, just a lot of moving parts. And the question was very quick and direct in the call. Hey, uh, we're calling you. Um, we'd like for you to go in the hall of fame. Um, would you accept the offer? And I was, I was, for a minute, I paused. I'm like, is this like a yes or no or, or, or a maybe or I'll get back with you kind of question? Of course, I'll. I, I'd love the opportunity. I was very, very shocked and surprised. But then, you know, all pretty much in the same conversation, in the same breath, I was incredibly humbled uh, by, by, by the ask. And, 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 and you know, it, it started to sink in. And then, you know, the couple of days after that, I, I had to just really 
take a step back and, and think about everything. Um, and, and it's, again, it's very, very uh, humbling honor, to say the least. What was your favorite version of the Jeff Jarrett character? Because it has evolved so many times over the years that I've watched you wrestle. I've, I've always wanted to ask you, what was the favorite, your, your, your fav, favorite, just time being Jeff Jarrett? What were you doing? How were you doing it? You know, for me to say, um, and especially the, the, I guess you could say the longevity I've, I've had in my career, uh, one thing from an er- early age, you know, I, it, it, the constant has been Jeff Jarrett. There's Double J, there's, there's you know, there's, the, the, uh, like you said, um, different versions. But, but the one thing that, that, that for the easy thing is, is that, you know, there's a lot of guys that got in the business like myself. Uh, my first match was in '86. That went through complete name changes, and and you can you, take your pick. Uh, but you know, I've always been my my I've given name Jeff Jarrett. So it's just been different extensions of my personality, and and obviously uh, with the Hall of Fame coming up, and and the song with my baby tonight, and and that's I debuted. Uh, that's gotten you know a, a, a tremendous amount of of, of attention. But, you know, um, like on my Instagram, my kids and, and me, we came up with the idea to, to post a different picture from each year of my career during the 31 days of March. And you just sort of look as things progress. You know, when I started here and I was the good guy in Tennessee and the seven-state area, the territory area, and then WWF and then WCW and then, you know, TNA. And so, you know, each, each period, it was just an evolution, uh, so to speak. And I don't really... It, you know, I certainly don't have any era, uh, but I do remember, uh, you know, something finally from each era. But it was, you know, uh, hate to say it, but man, uh, it seems like just yesterday, and you can probably relate to this, we were the kids in the locker room. I, obviously, I was in the kid in the locker room 15 years before Petey was or more. Uh, but, man, it just seems like overnight. And now, you know, I'm, I'm you know, due to this Hall of Fame situation and, and over the past month, I've, I've you know never been a guy to look in the rearview mirror, but I've I've sort of been, um, I guess I've I've had to, and and when I look back and and just look at the progression and you know got my hair cut and had that look and and then, you know just has things evolved. And obviously in TNA, I was you know um, by design I had to take on new roles and new responsibilities, and, and then you you know get up in the later years and and the situation and you know I had a series of matches. Uh, late in my career against Kurt Angle that, that I look back on fondly and very proud that, you know, uh, when you get in the ring with Kurt, you, you know that you're going to be in a match. And, and so, you know, we, we worked together for every night for over six months. So just different evolutions of, 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 of you know, and, and playing extensions of my personality. Um, I've always, no matter what situation, uh, you know, t- tried to give – the audience a little something different because it's, 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 it's how I was raised in the business. You know, you, you've got to uh, evolve without question. And that's what I always tried to do. So, so uncle Jeff, looking back at, since we're looking back at your career, looking back at your entire career, whether it be wrestling related or your, your business ventures, knowing where everything's going to end up and where you're at today, us speaking, would you do anything differently? You know, I, 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 the short answer is no, because 
you know, then you're trying to argue with time and, and, and set of circumstances. I literally, if, if, if I was forced to and had a gun to my head, you know, I could, I could take every year of my career and shred to pieces and say, you know, if I kind of did a little something different here and a little something different here and a little something different here, um, you know, wonder how things would have turned out. But that's, that's like having a re- regret and, and regrets are truly useless. Uh, so no, the, the short answer, Petey, is absolutely not. Uh, did I make all the right decisions? Oh my God, no, not even close. <laughs> but but the effort was always there without question. Well, let's let's get out of the way back machine and take a look into the future. I don't know how much you can tell us, or if it's a secret, or if there's anything behind these rumors. But the internet is ablaze lately with the talks that you're you're kind of being recruited as one of Triple H's. You know, up and coming right hand man to help NXT or just being involved in the WWE. Are there any truths to the rumor? Do you have any plans with the WWE after the Hall of Fame? What What does your future look like? And, and that's funny. I literally um, <laughs> was just at a ball game uh, 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 with my daughter in basketball, uh, and a guy came up to me uh, who I haven't I hadn't seen in a while, but I, I, I see him around town all the time. And that was the question he asked me, and I looked, I turned him around, and I said, I can tell you without question, you, you, you don't follow wrestling, but obviously you've heard this, and he saw the article in the local paper and blah, 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 and all that. And I said, I haven't had zero conversations with the WWE about nothing. The only thing I've discussed is 100% Hall of Fame-related, travel, access, WrestleMania weekend. So uh, that's exactly the status of that. Well, you, you bring up WrestleMania again, and I have to know, you, as far as I can remember, you were in two WrestleManias and bumped from one. Do you have any you know WrestleMania moments that just really will stick to you until your dying day? Well, I mean, uh, the, 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 I think there were three, maybe four. Okay. Um, I, but, you know, by, by far, my favorite, you know, I got the team with Owen. Um, and in, in Philly, I think that was 17 or I'm not, I'm not exactly sure which number that was. Maybe, I don't know, maybe 15, 16. I don't know what, what, whatever number it was, but I got the team with Owen and I can remember, obviously it was in the attitude era. The business was just on fire. I, the words really can't describe it. And, and, and this generation of fans, cause it goes back over 20 years ago, it's really hard to imagine, uh, to discuss and forget some people to imagine how hot it was. You know, both organizations, Raw, Nitro, Red Hot, then SmackDown and, 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 and Thunder were added and the live event business. It really, really, it, it was a, such a special time to be in the business because technology has, it hadn't progressed like it is now. And, and there's no way to duplicate the, the, those times. You know, both companies just on fire. Uh, so, you know, that, that, and then WrestleMania 13, um, when I defended the IC title against Razor and, uh, uh, X-Pac, or at that time, one, two, three kid was in his corner, Rhodey was in mine. Uh, me and Rhodey really had a momentum and a lot of steam on it. Uh, and that was in Hartford. So, uh, you know, th- those kind of memories, uh, will stick with me forever. Pete. Okay. No, that's, that, that's good. Jeff, um. Anything, uh, you know, you want to say, well, thanks first off for, for, you know, coming on our podcast, really appreciate it. And once again, congratulations big time on the, the hall of fame, uh, 
uh, nomination and induction. Anything uh, you know you want to say, wait, promote or anything? Wait, before, wait, wait, uh, wait. Can I cut you off? I have one more question for you. Oh. I just have to ask him. Oh, okay. Uh, I, one, go for it, my man. You're you're all over it. Pete was already ready to wrap it up, <laughs> I, but that's okay. We, hey, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, so – with the you mentioned technology and it just kind of popped in my head that kind of the podcast saved the comedy stand up business. How do you feel like podcasting with all the wrestlers getting involved, all the fans getting involved? How has that either revived or hurt the wrestling industry? Well, um, I, I remember, gosh, before I broke into the business, you would hear old timers. Um, complain about this or complain about that. But then on the flip side, you would also hear the same argument. You know, you, you can't kill this wrestling business. Just keep them talking about it. And that's exactly what podcasting is. It, it, is, a, a, it, it is a discussion. It's debatable if it's healthy or not. I don't, that doesn't really factor into my, into my mindset. But, but, but I believe the business is healthier today uh, because you just sort of have to take a step back and, and, and really look at it. It's a billion dollar. Now, it's, what is the WWE worth? $3 billion? I mean, it's, it's, it's mainstream. The hottest box office attraction in the world is The Rock. He's a third-generation wrestler. John Cena is on movies, television shows, Fruity Pebble Boxes, you, you name it. His name and likeness is, is everywhere. You know, there's reality shows uh, all, all across USA Network. There's, there's so much content. The WWE Network exists. Then you get into the other promotions around the world, CMLL in, in, in Mexico, you know, you've got Noah and Russell One and New Japan and three or four promotions in Japan. Then you've got the Red Hot scene in the United Kingdom. And the wrestling community, to me, is now more connected than ever. You know, it used to be, and I don't know if either one of you guys can relate this, it used to be if you wanted to watch wrestling out of your home you know, territory that you could watch on your TV, you had to trade tapes. Now that with, network, with the network and, and YouTube, and and fight F I T E that that app you know just all the different forms that you can see um, it's truly a global uh, situation and and these podcasts and and there's a lot of them out there good lord there's a lot of them out there but I think it's very very healthy and the fact that my, my old friend Petey Williams uh, calls me up texts me email we get in contact and and the fact that I'm sitting here you know. Uh, and, and chatting with you guys, and we're talking not just about the Hall of Fame, but, you know, the early days of TNA and the X Division, and now you've got me talking about podcasting. It's healthy. It's truly healthy for the industry, in my opinion. It, I would be remiss if I let this opportunity go by that I don't ask you, what were your first impressions of P.D. Williams when they pitched oh, hiring to you? On. I have to ask this. Well, what was your first impression of, uh, like, the scouting report of P.D. Williams when they brought this guy to you and said, hey, maybe we should take a look at him? Uncan- the scouting report read, uncanny athletic ability. Uh, he's Canadian. <laughs> so right so, so right there, there were two things going for him. He, everybody knows I got a, a soft spot in Canadians. Uh, but no, you know, but Petey's, uh, yeah, he goes without saying. He, I would say this if he wasn't on the line tonight. He's, he's very, very athletic and, and quote-unquote gets it. And, and – um, during that time frame, when the X Division, uh, where it was at, uh, how big it was, where it was going, he, he was he was really, uh, I mean, he he was perfect. If you, you know, not not to get too overly dramatic here, but he, he was he, he was a big cog in, in, in that wheel. And his finisher, 
it goes without saying, it was one of those things where no matter how many times you set up for it and went into it and false finish out of it or escape from it, um, hate to use this word, somebody, it's, it's so cliche, it's the, Dennis, the finisher is over to this day. <laughs> Um, and, and, and that was something that, you know, uh, the X division, not about weight limits. It's about no limits. And that move really encapsulated you. I can hear Don West and, and, and Mike Tanay calling those matches, just the anticipation of it. And then, you know, there was a, there was a, the, the, the thing that, that, you know, the X division was much more about sport as opposed to entertainment, but then you put PD and little Papa pump and big Papa pump. And, and that kind of stuff that integrated into it, um, I mean, it, it, and the minute-by-minutes, the minute you know, we can dig those up and prove it. It, it was a uh, – uh, they got ratings, and, and PD definitely knew how to deliver in the X Division. So it was a – you know, yes. It, whether PD was on this podcast or not, I almost called it a call. Whether PD was on this podcast or not, I'd be saying the exact same thing. Uh, and you look back in, in, in history during that era, and it, and it uh, there's proof in the pudding there. Jeff, I thank you so much for the current kind words. You know what? And I've never we've never had this conversation before, and I didn't know how that's how you felt about me. So thank you very much. And uh, you know, yeah, and, and yeah, definitely. Thanks for everything you've done for the wrestling business, not only for me but for the wrestling business. I, I truly, you know, I, I truly do feel that. And. Uh, uh, yeah, and congratulations again. And uh, yeah, any any last words from you, Jeff, before we wrap this That's up? It. No, I appreciate it, guys. I, I, I've, I've been overwhelmed, and I, and I literally, uh, you know, most of the time, whether it's however it is, I, I've, I've always, you know, I grew up in the business again, so I know that that, that there's a side of this business that sometimes um, you got to face the music, and, and I've always done that, and 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 you know, PR is a part of this industry. And I've always, but, you know, during this Hall of Fame, um, I'm not promoting anything. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm literally answering you guys' questions. So uh, I have done my very best uh, to not turn down any request. Uh, and so uh, and it's been a little bit challenging. I will say that when I'm trying to do my, my, my day-to-day business and then uh, wife, kids, workouts, everything else, it has been a bit challenging. I appreciate you guys being flexible with me i was running a little late uh but no i appreciate you guys having me on and and when pd reached out uh there is no way in hell that i would say no to my man so pd is uh, yeah. <laughs> uh he, he doesn't believe it but he's been very good to me uh, as well so thanks guys i appreciate your time and uh april 6 2018 is hall of fame so looking forward to that for sure thank you jeff